0: In First Kings 11, verse 1, we read, But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonites, and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clave unto these women in love. They will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon didn't believe God when God warned him about this. I've met people today who say, Oh, my daughter would never turn from the church, from the faith. She's going out to try to get her boyfriend to come back to church. He left the church. She would never do that. She would never turn. And I just shake my head. I remember King Solomon the wisest man that was ever created by god and look what he did and he wouldn't believe god on this subject that they would turn his heart away from god but they did first kings 11:4 for it came to pass when solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David, his father. Are you not afraid of this subject? I am. I'm 83 years old now. I've been in the ministry 45 years or so. Been born again, taken into heaven twice. Have no doubt that I've assigned by God to the work of apostle and prophet, dealing with doctrine, dealing with sins in the church. And yet, I really am afraid of some people because I know I'm very weak. Not long ago. Someone called me. He was going to be in town, and he wanted me to come and meet him for dinner or for lunch. And I was so excited. I was all swept up in this, all caught up in this. I didn't ask God what I should do. My flesh was caught up in it, wanting to do this. It turned out that the day he wanted to meet, he became ill. And he called us and said, I just can't meet today. And could we meet tomorrow? And we said, yes, anytime. But I became afraid. If you can't do something in faith, you must not do it. And I prayed, God, if this is the wrong thing, if I'm doing the wrong thing, please stop me. Please do something. To stop this situation. The day we were supposed to meet, he had to fly back to his home because he was ill. I felt God closing the door on this. Why would that happen? We are both flesh and spirit. Have you ever noticed the flesh of, say, a kitten or a puppy? They go strictly by flesh. If there's a loud clap, they jump and run. They don't know where they're running, they just run. That's flesh. We also have spirit, so we can follow the Word of God. But we have flesh, and we sometimes make foolish commitments without asking God. And then we realize what we've done, and we're terrified. Why would we be terrified? Are you ever terrified that you might be with someone and they might pull you away from the doctrine of Christ? And you say, no, I'm never afraid like that. Well, you're very foolish. I had a 97-year-old Church of Christ cousin that really did all that she could to pull me away from the calling of God that I believe to be on my life. There are certain people that I don't put myself around. Why should I do it? Why take the chance? In Romans chapter 1, God tells us about homosexuals and lesbians. Let's look at Romans 1 and see what God says about it. In verse 26, we read that God turned them over to vile affections. And in verse 28, we read that God turned them over to do things that are not convenient. If you start with verse 21, you see the reason that God turned them over. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use unto that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. After I moved to Colorado, one of our neighbors asked me, do you support gays and lesbians? And I said, no, I don't think so. I was so shocked by the question. Later I wrote out all these scriptures and mailed them to her. She speaks to us when she sees us in a friendly way, but we don't really associate with her. If she saw her sin and repented and saw the sin of the subject and saw it as a sin instead of seeing it as a personal preference, Then we could freely associate with her. There are things you just avoid in this life. You don't run around with drunkards. You no longer run around with the people you once ran around with. Because you know now that these things are sins in the sight of God. And you don't want to. Put yourself in a position of approving sins in the sight of God. The Bible shows us sins, and we don't want any part of approving and making people feel good about the sins they might be committing. Look at 1 Corinthians 6. Paul states things that are sins in the sight of God. Verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, I believe that has to be homosexual, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. There are people who go out and decorate graves. Why? Why take up this pagan thing after you're a Christian? I think that would be an abuser of themselves with mankind. In the United States, I don't know if they do it in other countries, but in the United States on New Year's Day, they have feasts and they go to dinners and they eat black-eyed peas for luck. That's an idol. Our luck comes from God. I wouldn't want to do that. Paul said these idols have no power, but if any man that you're among thinks they have power, for you to do it, it could be a bad thing. You don't want to confirm an idol. There's all kinds of idols of this world, superstitions of this world, clicking drink glasses together when you go to eat. What power does that have? I i don't participate in that. I don't lift my glass and move it towards somebody else's glass. They can do that to me, but I don't do that to them because I don't believe in it and I don't want to be corrupted. We should think about what we do as Christians. Abusers of ourselves with this world. And Paul says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, renewing your mind to the Bible. We don't go along with these pagan things after we become Christians, after we're born again of the Spirit of God. Think about what you do. So he says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. There are just several things that I see people do that are so foolish and it scares me. I don't want to be any part of it. I see sporting events where the audience, the spectators, develop little hand signals which are supposed to somehow curse the opponent. And I see college students doing this all the time. I saw a College World Series baseball game, which I just couldn't believe I was seeing what the fans were doing. I saw, I'm not a baseball fan, but I saw portions of this simply because I noticed what the fans were doing. The spectators were wearing bananas on their head for luck. These were adults. These weren't 10-year-olds. These were College students, these were parents of college students. It was just shocking to me that adults were doing this. Why wouldn't one sit among them or be among them? I know who God is. I know where luck comes from. I know where my provision comes from, and I don't want to change it. I see people participating in lotteries wanting to win that money. Genesis 14, the king of Sodom met Abraham and said, Take the goods for yourself as a reward. And Abraham answered him and said, I have lifted up mine hand unto God that I will not take from a shoe Or anything that's thine, lest they say, Thou hast made Abram rich. He wanted his riches to come from God, not from King of Sodom or any other man. And when I read that as a new Christian, I said, That's what I want. I don't want my riches to come from man or my own devices or anything other than blessings of God. Do you think about what you do as a Christian? Abusers of themselves with mankind. Getting lottery tickets, gambling. Wanting your wealth to come from worldly schemes. I don't want that. And Paul says, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God." After we're born again, we think about what we're doing. Is it compatible with the Bible? And we do not participate with the world in worshiping their gods, which are money, fame, glory, winning in various events. These things are so futile. As we read about Solomon, it just seems impossible that he could build these groves and high places to worship gods of Ashtaroth, Zidonites, Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. But he did. He worshiped them and went along with them, just like some of you go along with eating black-eyed peas on New Year's Day with your friends or t- clicking your drink glasses or decorating graves on the cemeteries on Memorial Day. Things like that. These are gods of the world, Christians participating in them. So don't say, how could Solomon be so foolish as to worship these gods of his world? when you're worshiping the gods of your own world. Well, I don't want to worship the gods of the people. Therefore, I'm very cautious about the people with whom I associate because I'm so weak, I know that a fleshly, shall I say, kindness in me wants to approve them. And what if I weaken and fall down? And want to approve them and keep my mouth shut about the Bible as they are participating in homosexual acts or lesbian acts or drunkenness or other evils. No, no, I don't want to be in this. There's nothing they can give me, and I can give them everything, and I do share, but often they do not accept what I say, my own cousin, the Church of Christ cousin, who was 97 at the time, told me, oh, I do well during the day, but I get so lonely in the evening. Well, I got real excited because I said, oh, I know what you can do on that. There's no problem on that. Do Philippians six. I mean, she's been in church all her life. And I had an answer for her problem. Do Philippians 4, 6, Paul says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So when you start to feel that loneliness come on in the evening, just turn to God and say, Please help me. Please fill my time that I don't feel lonely. He will. Two weeks later, she said to me, I do so well during the day, but I get so lonely in the evening. Now, what does that tell me? She didn't do Philippians 4, 6. She didn't turn to God. She continued in her own ways. In Titus, it says after the first or second admonition, reject them. Well, I did that. I just didn't have any more to do with that cousin. I feel certain she's dead by now, but I didn't have anything to do with her after that. I didn't keep trying to communicate with her because it's dangerous. You'll find when you're with them, you withhold things. Because you've seen them reject those truths before and it might offend them and you want to be with them so you don't want to offend them. That's what you do, to be with them. I don't want to be with them because they'll pull me away from what I believe and get me to be silent over the word of God. So I make a choice to go another way. After the first or second admonition, reject them because they're not going to do the word of God that you share with them. They're not excited over it, though they call themselves Christians. They just want to wallow in their own condition when there's an answer from God through the scriptures, through doing the scriptures. Leave them alone. You basically think you cannot be affected negatively by them, that you're stronger than that. I know I can be affected negatively by them. I see the dangers over and over as I read the Bible. And I don't want to be pulled away from God. I don't want to be in a position where I can't speak freely the word of God. Therefore, I'm with people who have the Holy Spirit of God and can follow God and believe the Bible is the Word of God and demonstrate this to me. You're very foolish if you think they can't pull you down. You should learn something from Solomon. He was wiser than any of us, and yet he suffered a penalty from God because God warned him twice about these women and how they could pull him away where he wouldn't fully worship God. And yet he continued with the women. Well, it came a time in his old age that God became angry with Solomon and leveled a penalty against Solomon. First Kings chapter 11 started verse 4. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth the goddess of the Zidianites, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites, and Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Then did Solomon build an high place. This is a place of worship for other gods, high places of worship for other gods. Then did Solomon build an high place for Chemosh the abomination of Moab in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. Verse 9. And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding, in thy days I will not do it for David thy father's sake, But I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. Howbeit, I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son for David, my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, which I have chosen. God was going to divide the kingdom in the days of Solomon's son as a penalty because Solomon did not obey what God told him, and he followed the gods of his strange wives. Though God had warned him twice about doing this, he did it anyway. The next thing that God did, in addition to telling Solomon, I'll rend the kingdom from you, and the Lord stirred up an adversary unto Solomon. Solomon's Kingdom had been a kingdom of peace all those years. Now there's going to be an adversary raised up against Solomon. Worshiping other gods in today's churches. Anytime we add to the Holy Bible and worship something that is not in the Bible, we worship other gods. Churches do it all the time. They call their ministers reverend, putting them up on a platform to worship them. When in the Bible, the only time the word reverend is used is holy and reverend is God's name. None of the ministers in the Bible ever call themselves reverend. But these men who do it today love it. They want you to worship them and idolize them and respect them as holy. And by doing that, they show themselves to be unholy figures to all who understand things of God. Anytime we change doctrine away from that which is in the Bible, we set up other gods in our churches. For example, Jesus said in Matthew 5.32, the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Have you changed that doctrine at your church? Are they approving marriage to divorced women at your church? Are they performing those weddings in their churches? Are they teaching this doctrine given by Jesus in Matthew 5.32? The man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. See, that's another God. They've set it up in your own church that it's okay to do this. That's opposite from Bible. It, in fact, is Antichrist in the churches. Well, some of the gods that churches add today are setting up graven images inside of the church building, bowing down to those images, praying before the images, wearing medallions, lighting candles, crossing themselves, all types of things that are not in the Bible at all. And have no power. But they're teaching their people that these things have power. So how could Solomon dare worship those gods of his wives? Well, how can we worship the gods of our relatives in their churches? And deny the scriptures in doing so? It's the same as Solomon. I think we often read the Old Testament and think, oh, I would never do that. Well, that's just foolish. Why is he doing that? And we don't realize in our own way we're doing the same thing. Awake to righteousness and sin not, says Paul, for some have not the knowledge of God. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.